Well, here we go. My name is Darian. I am back again with another round of horror, bullshit, and uh, nonsense. It's just me this weekend, mates. Um, Buddy is not here. Monica is not here. And the reason why, my friends, is because I have been named on a possible COVID contact list. Yay! (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's, that's what's going on. I feel fine. Um... It's been about five days since I've been in contact, so I'm all right. Uh, no symptoms, no nothing, not uh, coughing, wheezing, no fever. I think I'm I'm just fine. I got to work from home now, though, for two weeks. That is the part that is going to drive me crazy because I can't even leave the house, man. I can't even like go to the store. I don't have any food in this house. What am I supposed to do? I don't know. I'll have to eat some carpet lint or something. Anyway, um, they both have uh, people in their immediate lives that are, you know, elderly and or immuno, whatever, so I thought it best if I excuse them for the next two weeks. I'm sorry you're stuck with me for uh, the next two weeks. I hope you can handle it. I hope I can handle it. I might fall apart at the seams. I might have already started falling apart at the seams. I just haven't figured it out yet. So I'm counting on you, inmates, to keep me in line for the next two weeks. I got a couple of movies to talk about. I got uh, horror news, other fucking nonsense to, to drone on about. Uh, why don't we just jump right in? I'm going to keep doing the show regardless, so don't don't worry about me and my health. Not that you were to begin with. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't care if I do have COVID. I'm not going to stop doing this because... Uh, now I really don't have anything better to do. I can't even uh, make the excuse of having to get up early or anything like that. Anyway, let's jump right into the usual shit show here, kids. How about we kick things off with a little bit of the old horror news? <laughs> horror news. Uh-huh. I got some horror news here. I got a few stories to talk about. Peter Dinklage. You remember this guy, Tyrion Lannister? The uh, the uh, uh, dwarf, I guess, is the accepted vernacular these days. Um, very talented actor. He has just been uh, cast in Legendary Pictures' Toxic Avenger reboot. 
Now, I am okay. I, th- I don't give a shit about a Toxic Avenger reboot. I am pretty gay for Peter Dinklage. It's got my curiosity. And I feel like if you can wrest the, the Toxic Avenger franchise away from Lloyd Kaufman, you might get like a serious... I don't know what they're going for. You think they're going to try to make it a superhero movie or a horror film? I hope horror. Probably not. Probably neither. Probably another farcical kind of a you know spoof of something. And I don't. I don't know. I, th- I don't know how I feel about this now that I think about it. I mean, the Toxic Avenger franchise isn't exactly something near and dear to my heart to begin with. Um, I've seen the first film many, many times, and. Uh, there are certain scenes in that film that I wore the VHS tape out of, and you could, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You could tell because if you were to pop in my old VHS copy of the Toxic Avenger, the tracking would get really weird anytime we went into the ladies' locker room. If you know what I'm saying, I'll probably check it out. It's got my curiosity. Um, I here's what I don't want. I don't want Peter Dinklage to get shoehorned into this. Uh, I feel like he deserves uh, some cred as a serious actor. He's got dramatic chops. We saw him in Game of Thrones. He was undeniably the most likable, well, maybe the second most likable character, bar none, in that entire uh, franchise. So now he's relegated to the Toxic Avenger. I don't know, man. Uh, whatever. Whatever <laughs> whatever floats your boat, I guess. Uh, Julius Avery, do you know that name? Probably not. He directed a movie called Warlord, or Overlord, I'm sorry, uh, which we've all seen at this point, probably loved, I loved it. Um, he has signed on with Universal Pictures to direct a new, what they're calling a quote-unquote new take on Van Helsing. Now, (sighs) Does this mean we have to go back and revisit the old Van Helsing from 2005 with Hugh Jackman? Because that's not a good movie, my friends. I wanted it to be a good movie. I really did. It had Kate Beckinsale, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Some very saucy vampires. But then you had little vampire eggs. Vampires are laying eggs in that movie. And the CGI was goddamn ridiculous. I don't... I mean, it's not to say that, you know, it's... It couldn't be better... And by 2020 standards, or 21, whenever the fuck it's going to come out, it you know, if done correctly, and we just kind of focused on Van Helsing, and that's, that's the other problem I had with that movie, is that they really made the monsters the focal point of the movie, and you tried to, to pack them all in on us. You had Frankenstein, Dracula, the Wolfman, I don't remember if there was a mummy in there or not, but... You know, why don't, it was clearly an attempt to jumpstart a franchise. And I'm glad that it didn't, because that first one was no bueno. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, we, we've all seen it. It's it's the holiday season, boys and girls. Fright Rags is offering a Silent Night, Deadly Night collection, which is going to include uh, a knit sweater, socks, and a beanie. So you can really get the authentic Silent Night, Deadly Night feel from it if you're if you're into that i don't i don't understand the craze of the ugly christmas sweater um that is an item i'm going to wear to my wife's christmas party at work and then immediately retire to the closet for the rest of the year so these motherfuckers are expensive too man yeah i mean like i was i was flirting with one that had cthulhu on it and i was like oh yeah we're rock that thing look at that 80 bucks 
80 bucks for that fucking thing. I am never, ever going to wear that uh, except to my wife's Christmas party, which I'm sure we are not going to this year because we probably have COVID. <laughs> so I don't, even, I don't even have to do it. Forget the whole thing. <laughs> it's not funny unless you're me and you probably have COVID. Oh, I'm going to die soon. <laughs> He's losing it. All right, anyway, check that out at Fright Rags if you're interested. Uh, Unearthed Films is bringing us a Serbian film uh, blue, d- direct to Blu-ray. It's coming off of a 4K transfer, uncut and uncensored. Now, before you break out your debit cards, inmates, let's first ask ourselves, number one, uh, have we seen a Serbian film? And I know there are a couple of you cuckoos out there that are going to, you know, revel in what a great film it is and the artistic direction and blah, 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 blah. But the real question is, what the hell was cut out of that and what was censored from it? And is that whatever that is, is that something that you really want to see? Probably not, man. I could tell you right now, I've seen the whole thing. I got a copy of it right over here. Uh, Whatever it is that is missing can go ahead and stay missing as far as I'm concerned because there is some gnarly shit going on there and I definitely don't think you need to see it in uh, with Blu-ray picture quality because it's going to be just as uh, gut-wrenching as it is in DVD so whatever if you're into it or you're some kind of a you know nutsack collector by all means lastly it looks like Amazon Prime sci-fi series The Expanse will come to an end after the sixth season Uh, I've not seen it any of it um it looks more like a uh i don't know i don't know what it's about and i've seen like a couple of trailers some kind of a space disaster is what i'm gathering do i need to watch this one it's it's good it'll it'll have run six seasons so i'm assuming there's something pretty decent about it otherwise it would have been cut after the second or third season and uh but i don't know that i well i guess i have time now don't i <laughs> I'll do it. I'll run through all six goddamn seasons because I ain't doing shit. All right, enough about me. (laughs) Oh, let's not make this about me here, kids. Um, All right, that's all I got on the horror news. I think it's time to bust into some listener mail, my friends. Listener mail. Don't worry. I don't think you can get COVID uh, via listener mail. I don't think you can. I don't know if any studies have been done on listener mail padded room listener mail to be specific but i think you're okay for now me on the other hand probably got it from one of you guys now that i think <laughs> listener mail hey, hey, uh, let's see who's up first here let's start it off right here in beautiful Reno, Nevada, with our main man, the cowboy. Subject line, gobble, gobble, motherfuckers. Ha ha. Evening, padded room. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving and made it in tonight. Uh, no. As you can tell, watch Thanksgiving. Horrible movie with great lines like, nice tits, bitch, and gobble, gobble, motherfucker. (laughs) And the face-wearing turkey dad with the difference being, oh, you got a haircut. Horrible movie to watch, but fun while eating turkey dinner. I've seen it, uh, Cowboy. It's ridiculous. And as long as you understand that going in, you're going to be fine. It's not, it's not, it's not scary. It's, uh, 
It's pretty, it's pretty dumb. Now, looking at my notes from last week, good to hear Jason back on the show and love the Silence of the Hams reference. <laughs> I do need to check out his podcast, but haven't found it yet. Uh, you don't need to, <laughs> actually, cowboy, because uh, they, quit, uh, they quit doing that podcast like five years ago. So don't even bother. If you really want to listen to the archives, you could probably find it out there somewhere. It's called the I Hate Your Face podcast. Um, I did a couple of guest spots on it. Uh, it's uh, I, I don't even know why I brought it up. I just did it because I thought it was funny. <laughs> Jason was flipping me off from across the table every time I said it. Uh, I do agree, Darian. Gremlins would be better with a more horror aspect and actual kills, but highly doubt that'll happen. Might be a good movie to watch with the kids, though. About Reef 2. Another movie about people being unprepared when on the ocean. Hopefully there will be an explanation as to why they get stranded this time. Now, I do kayak when I can and have done so in the ocean. Ocean kayaks are easy to get back onto and to flip back over, and the odd chance you too manage to capsize one. Though, with being an Aussie film, we can hope for some over-the-top Aussie references. <laughs> so, funny thing about that, cowboy, uh, I actually got hit up by Mike, another listener, uh, via Facebook Messenger earlier in the week. And Mike has a boat, and he was explaining to me that, you know, boats generally of that size tend to be a little top-heavy. So he was saying if a shark hit it, or a whale or anything, hit it at a pretty good clip, it could easily capsize the fucking thing. Now, I have no kind of factual basis to back that up. I just have to kind of take Mike at his word, because I know nothing about boats, uh, other than the few military craft that I served on. But other than that... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sign off on that. But here's, here's the problem that I have with the reef. One line of dialogue would have fixed that. You know, boom. Oh, we're upside down. Oh, shit. Did you see the size of that rock we hit? Or did you, was that a whale? Jesus. Okay, no, nothing. Just all of a sudden we're upside down and nobody has any answers. Anyway, uh, back to Cowboy. I did catch a few good movies. Don't listen on Netflix. Thanks to Tim's post on Facebook. Good movie, I thought. Like the plot and the atmosphere of the movie. Assimilate, also on Netflix. New Invasion of the Body Snatchers, pretty much. Not a bad movie. I did see that one. That one's pretty good. I uh, almost thought about starting Don't Listen, but then I saw the trailer and I thought it looked pretty silly. But then I saw Tim's uh, post and thought, well, maybe I'll check it out, and then that's about as far as I got. And, of course, Joyride. Fun fact about the movie is a lot was filmed right here in Nevada. Now, I'm sure the question that will be asked is, how did Rusty Nail know where they were at and track them? As a driver and CB user, I can tell the difference between someone in a rig and someone in a car on a CB, as well as signal strength of the person you're talking to. With that, it wouldn't be hard to figure out that they were in the car with a giant CB antenna and follow them around. I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Again, I have no... I, I just kind of have to take you guys at your word and your supposed expertise on these things. I have never uh, operated a CB radio nor been in any kind of a 16-wheeler in my life. So I'll, I'll go with that there, uh, cowboy. Also got some good game time in on Dead by Daylight, rocking the Death Slinger killer and succeeded at getting messaged, dude, why did you kill me so quickly in a match? Which was giving me plenty of laughs. <laughs> No clue on Educate this week, but I feel like I've seen this movie and will kick myself when hearing what it was. Added a picture of you. Added a picture you all might get a chuckle at. Uh, 
Hope everyone has a great week and catch you on the flip. Cowboy. So he's got a poster here, or a uh, tweet that he snapped for us. It's a tweet from Zach Budrick, and it says, The Thing, a movie about a group of people who don't even really like each other, stuck together in a single snowboard, snowbound location, trying to figure out who has a terrifying infection. Counts as a Christmas movie this year. (laughs) You're right. You're exactly right there, uh, cowboy. Could be Christmas at my house, except... I already know who has a terrifying infection. <laughs> right on, cowboy. Uh, yeah, I'm going to shoot you a PS4, PlayStation, PSN request as soon as I'm done with this show. Also, if you're still playing Dead by Daylight, they're doing a cool advent calendar thing where you log on every day in uh, December and they give you a little little something-something on the backside there. Thanks for writing in, cowboy. I still have your prize pack. Uh, I still have not seen Buddy. I don't know how... Hey, if you want to shoot me an address, I'm happy to mail it to you, except I can't leave my house for two weeks, so that's not really going to make a difference, is it? So I guess, um, I'll tell you what, I'm happy to leave it at an undisclosed location. (laughs) We can can go all drug dealer with it, if you want. Let me know how you want to handle it, uh, cowboy. I am determined to get you your prize pack uh, any day now. Uh, We got some voicemails here, kiddos. Let's uh, let's see what's going on on the old voicemail line, shall we? Do 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 do. Who's going to cuss me out this week? I wonder. Uh, let's see. Let's start it off down in beautiful Southern California with Miss Monica's pod boyfriend, Mister Tom Hardy. Hey yo, padded room. How's my favorite degenerate this week? Well. I nah. hope everyone is doing well, Meh. getting ready for the old uh, holiday season and all. Yes, sir. I uh, wanted to give a quick call about uh, something said last week Miss Monica had mentioned. Okay. She, uh, was not cheap, but that she could be bought. Absolutely. And, uh, just curious what the uh, going rate was, you know. She, she has like just a inquiring. Mid- okay, you know, just, yeah. Just curious and inquired about that. All right. Also, uh, Darian, you had mentioned it might have been last week or the week before I about doing something on um, on the Patreon, like, a uh, about a video game, I think, I don't think it was Dead by Dom, but it was basically, if it's the one I'm thinking of, it's got, like, a cover, and on the cover, there's, like, um, what do they call it, uh, like, Hour an hourglass, yes. and it's, like, flowing into a skull, and it's, like, a, a video game of a slasher, flick, yeah. basically, and I remember seeing that, and, like, reading the back, and, like, oh, shit, this sounds super fucking cool, I'm gonna yeah. get this. And then, you know, you got to buy, like, the video game console you for do. it. They wanted, like, 400 bucks. And I said, well, fuck that. Put all that shit down. <laughs> so I'm curious, actually, uh, uh, what, what became of that or what, what that was all about. So if you did do that, that's something I actually would be interested in. Okay. Uh, one other thing um, about, uh, about last week, the Phantom of the Opera. You know, you guys take a little break and you play, like, the uh, trailer for the flick before... You know, you you start discussing the main flick for the, right. the week, right? <laughs> I just I just thought it was funny. You know, we just hear the uh, tinkling of the uh, piano, and uh, you know, normally you hear like the you summer. Know, people were told not to return <laughs> to Crystal Lake, or you know, in a world gone mad. Yep. But in this, all we hear is the tinkling of because it's a silent. It's fucking a silent movie, movie dude. What do you I don't know why that made me laugh so much. <laughs> of course, there's nothing. You know, you're going to hear yeah. the silent movie. Trailer silent, you know, too. Know. 
anyway, uh, oh, one other thing about Phantom of the uh, Opera. Yeah. Um, my first introduction to the whole Phantom mythos was uh-huh. uh, this flick from the 80s, uh, Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge. Whoa. Don't know if you've seen this flick. I, I have haven't not. seen it in years. It's, uh, I remember it being fun, not Never good. Never even heard of it. Um, but it's got this great song by the Vandals, uh, the Phantom of the Mall. You know, is there a phantom in the mall? <laughs> not sure if you ever seen the flick. Not sure if you. I gotta track it down now. It uh, sounds one amazing. One other thing, just a heads up. You know, it was the '80s. There is not a Phantom of the Mall Part One. This is just Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge. Okay. So, yeah, I spent a lot of time looking for Part One. You know, what's what's Eric revenging against? I guess I just. Uh, stupid kid not fucking getting it well, i wouldn't have got it either oh gp <clears throat> i'm gonna have to track that one down man yeah you, you had me at the vandals it's okay he called back he gets gp'd every week he's used to it by now i think he actually kind of likes it g motherfucking Pete. Hell, hell yeah, yeah. and anyway, i thought i was gonna get through it this time without you that. were close sorry guys um anyway uh last thing you know you guys were talking uh you're giving some hate to Friday the 13th Part 5. Ah, and, uh, not my favorite. You know, I like I said, I rewatched them for less recently. I, I think you need to give that one another watch. Yeah. And I think a lot of the hate just because comes from, hey, it's not Jason. It's right. not fucking Jason, so it sucks. And if you watch it, it has, like, there, there's other people that make, like, statements, oh, no, so many kills are off screen or yeah. um, you know there's there's so many cutaways you don't see much gore right and uh, you know in reality if you watch all the flicks all of those things happen in all of the movies yeah. there's actually some really good kills in that flick there's some really good uh, you know it, it's a good flick it actually is if you just get away from the fact that it's not Jason um, got some of the it's the highest nudity count if I'm I like not that mistaken, and that's for yeah. sure i think the guy used to be like a porn director or became a porn director after the fact something like that i but love that that is like the it's also got the hottest uh hottest girl in it uh deborah violet Voorhees. the uh goth girl with the blonde oh, hair and yeah. the black tips or something i don't know exactly what but she was always uh my favorite violet i think her name was um, um hmm. you know what give it another watch it's actually got some great great kills great flick i, I still like it it's a good friday the 13th maybe I will. uh you were also mentioning yes that is the one where uh you know the the romance exists where the, the, the guy and the girl have a duet while he's in the crapper <laughs> complaining about the uh enchiladas yeah uh, enchiladas diarrhea or some shit yeah that that is the one <laughs> And uh, oh, another thing, people Ooh, attack, you know, baby. part five because of all the stereotypes. But let's be clear, you know, in in part five, it wasn't just like, you know, the black people stereotypes. It was all the fucking stereotypes. Yeah. You know, the goth girl gets killed because she's so fucking, she got her headphones on, right. not paying attention to the world around her. The slut gets killed because, you know, she's, she's slutting out. I don't know of what, course. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, all the stereotypes were all there for every fucking body. You it's know? true. The chick with the heart of fucking gold. Yeah. All that dumb shit. So, yeah, yeah, in this woke world, yeah, maybe it's got stereotypes, but it's got all the stereotypes. So don't just focus on the one. Oh, I don't. Not a I don't care. It's By all means. In my eyes. Anyway, I best get off for it. Stereotypes are not going to ruin a movie for again. Hope all is well. Love you like family. Bye now.
Love you too, Tom Hardy. Thank you for calling in twice, my friend. Uh, I don't, I don't care about stereotypes, dude. By all means, have a have a, a white guy in there dancing poorly. Um, whatever, it, it's not going to bother me. You know, I'm, I am about as far from woke as as I can possibly get, and I'm actually looking at moving even further away. <laughs> um, part five, not still. I mean. I don't know. I guess I, I guess I do need to revisit it because every time I do a marathon of that franchise, that's one that I tend to either skip altogether or put on and then go about some other business. Um, if you put me on the spot and you asked me who the hottest, um, what's a fuck, uh, uh, Crystal Lake girl was, I can't tell you her name. Or what, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to IMDB it right now. I can't tell you her name off the top of my head or which movie, which of those movies she was in. What I can tell you is that she was the hot, uh, vaguely Asian chick from Weird Science. I think she was Robert Downey's girlfriend, Robert Downey Jr.'s girlfriend, but then he stole her away. Uh, uh, what, one of the Michael Hall, whatever his name is, or the other one, stole her away. I believe it's... It might be her, Judy Aronson. Oh, she is still screaming hot today. Uh, yes, and she was in, actually, part five. She was in part five, Samantha, from part five. And I, I feel like she was probably the hottest. Was Is that part five? Yeah, the final chapter, right? Friday the 13th, final chapter, yes. Or no, that would technically be part four, wouldn't it? I believe Friday the 13th, the final chapter, is part four. Joseph Zito. Uh, yes. And then, I don't know, man. I'm all fucked up here. Uh, one, two, three, uh, six, seven. It's got to be part four. Because in part five was the new beginning, right? And then part six was uh, Undead Jason. Jason lives, right? Yes. Okay. I'm not fucked up. Part four. Part four. Uh, what was her name? Aronson. Judy. Judy Aronson. God damn it! I just had it. Uh, Judy Aronson. She would be my number one Crystal Lake girl. Um, yeah. And she does get naked. She does a little skinny dipping. As I recall, she meets her end by spear gun, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, anyway, we have another voicemail here. It's from our man in Alabama. Let's get down to the dirty south with the uh, perfect black of people that call into the podcast. Here comes Mr. Alan Chacha. Padded room, what's up? What's up, man? uh, High voltage line of people calling to your podcast. Everybody's doing good. Yeah. Looks like Buddy was in my neck of the woods last week. Sure was. It was good to hear Jason Harrell. Anyway, uh... Would Monica be Sharknado, one of the Sharknado movies? Because I know Brett Michaels was in one of those. They strapped oh. into a bus, and he was, like, playing guitar and stuff. Sure. Anyway, uh, you know, talking about The Lady in White, I haven't seen it, but the idea, to me, of getting locked in a school or, like, any kind of big building overnight is, it's like, terrifying. I don't I know that. what it is, but I used to have to lock up a church at night mm-hmm. uh, on Sundays. And it was a good-sized building, and it, there was something about being in that big of a building with all the little dark, hidey holes oh, yeah. and stuff, and it just, your mind would play tricks on you. It totally. Was, most of the time, it was all right, but there were some nights it was terrifying. 
Yeah. And I can't really tell y'all why. Anyway, that's all I got. Y'all have a good one. Bye. Right on. Thanks for calling in, Alan. Uh, it's, it's a pretty good show, The Lady in White, uh, starring a, I don't know, five, six-year-old Luke Haas. Um, kid gets locked in the coat closet of his school overnight and witnesses some paranormal activity. Kind of hokey watching it now, but, uh, that leads him down the path of a murderer and who, his murder victim, and these paranormal events get played and replayed every night in that coat closet, because that's where the murder took place. Uh, it's pretty gnarly, man. It's not a bad show. I would call it a kid-friendly Halloween-style movie, in my opinion. Uh, let's check the junk mail folder, see if I didn't miss anybody. Hmm, nope, looks like that's it. So why don't I, by my goddamn self, jump right into a uh, fucking movie here, shall I? You wanna You wanna come with me? You, you wanna do it? Let's do it. We're gonna go on a joyride. If you had a car, you could pick me up in Colorado. We could have an adventure. You know, the two of us. You'd want that? How far would you go for the girl you've always wanted? Sexy choice. Vint is 1971. How much would you do for a brother in need? Thank you for coming. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. I'll drop him off in Denver. I'll see you tomorrow. Breaker one, man. This is like a prehistoric internet or something. Can you do a woman's voice? How much fun <laughs> could you have? Hey there, this is Candy Cane. Who's this? Rusty Nail. And if I were there, Rusty Nail, I'd make you feel good. This is turning me on. When the joke... I'll be at the Lone Star Motel. What room? Room 17. I can't wait. This is awesome! Is now on you. We had a little incident here last night. The victim was staying in room 17. What happened to him? Ripped his jaw clean off. This fall... Are you guys ready for an adventure or what? Everything you say... Candy cane. We saw what you did to that guy. You pathetic, lonely freak show. We'll come back to haunt you. You really should get that fixed. Get what fixed? That taillight. Everything you see is going to terrify you. Everything you hear. Who's the pretty girl? He's watching us! Is going to drive you. Go, go! Over the edge. Now leave it alone! Please! We'll do whatever you want! I want you two to head inside naked. So, how does it feel to be the freak in the room? Why'd you do it? It's just for fun. Just for a laugh. You don't feel like getting together in a motel later. Room 17. Do not be one minute late. Don't open the door! Don't open the door! So you still good or need me to drive? Yeah, buddy. It is Joyride from 2001, starring the late Paul Walker, Steve Zahn, and late Lili, 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 Lili Sobieski. This one's got a hard R rating. Directed by John Dahl, written by Clay Tarver. This one's got 6.6 stars on IMDb, coming in in an hour 37 minutes. Um, I suppose this would be considered a horror film. More of like a crime suspense kind of a 
noir kind. Of, I don't. I don't know how I would describe it. Uh, it's not a bad show. It uh, it starts off with the Paul Walker talking to um, a female friend of his, played by Lily Sobieski. We have Paul playing the character of Lewis and Lily. That's such a weird name to say, Lily. Is that a stage name? It's got to be. Why would you go with Lily? Sobieski, she's Polish, right? She has to be. Is that maybe it's short for something or Layla or Lily is just weird, and she spells it L E E L E E. Whatever happened to her? Anyway, she was the hot go-to girl in Hollywood for about three and a half years. After that, disappeared completely. Uh, I think she showed up in an episode of NCIS last year, and that's about it. All right. Anyway, she's pretty hot. He's talking to her on the phone. Uh, he's in New Jersey. She, I believe, is in Colorado. And, or, I think, it was, it was, he might have been on the West Coast. I don't know. Um, and, oh, I miss you so much. Oh, I wish you were here. Oh, I'm going on a, I got to go back to my parents' house. Oh, yeah. And then he's, she's like, oh, I wish you had a car. You could uh, pick me up and I'll go with you. And then he goes and he looks at his bus ticket, which is refundable. So being the horny prick that he is, he's like, I do have a car. I'll come pick you up. That's a great idea. And she's like, oh, my God, we'll have an adventure. Woo! So he sells his bus ticket and uses the money to buy a car. Um, I don't have to tell you. <laughs> I don't have to tell you uh, what, what the average going price of a bus ticket uh, cross country is it's it's not much it's uh i don't know unless you're on like some kind of a luxury bus or something like that you're probably looking at a couple hundred bucks tops so he bought this uh this car uh maybe he put a couple bucks of his own in it's a piece of shit is what it is uh i forget what the make and model of it but it's a clunker and it, it looks like it's been through the ringer it's uh probably i don't know early 90s some kind of a sedan situation it's a hoopty and he gets out on the road, and he's uh, ready to go pick up his girlfriend in Colorado and uh, hopefully have sex with her at some point on the road. Uh, he gets about halfway there, and he, re- he calls his mom, and his mom is like, oh, your brother's in trouble again. Uh, he's in jail in Salt Lake City. Uh, oh, God, can you? I don't know. Dad's not going to bail him out. And apparently... Lewis and Fuller, haven't, his brother's name is Fuller, haven't seen each other in about five years. And Fuller is really on the outs with his parents because he's constantly getting into trouble and just basically refusing to grow up. And uh, that's a big thing. So at the last minute, Lewis decides he's going to make a little detour and go get his brother out of jail. Good for him, man. Good for him. So away they go to uh, get uh, Fuller out of jail. We meet Fuller. He's played by Steve Zahn. There's another guy I don't know what happened to. He was a pretty good actor. He got a lot of comedic roles. He was in one of my favorite movies of all time, Saving Silverman with Jack Black. And uh, I don't know, that that skinny guy from, uh, what was that, Road Trip? Or the fucking, I don't know, the the skinny guy, Jason something? Jason Biggs, I think. Yeah, Jason Biggs. Uh, Oh, from American Pie. So they go and they get him. He's... he's, I mean, he's fine. He's not like a dangerous criminal, Fuller. He's like a, a fun-loving guy that occasionally gets a DUI and uh, or gets into a bar fight or, uh, I don't know, never really gets into what his charges were other than that he's being released from jail in Salt Lake City. So 
Lewis picks them up. They get on the road. Uh, they get uh, headed down the, the highway there. And they stop at a garage where Fuller has a CB radio installed in Lewis's car. Now, about this, what is the allure of the CB radio if you're not a truck driver? Um, I get it if you're a long-haul truck driver. You get out there, you get lonely, you just want to talk to somebody, anybody that will listen, really. Cowboy, correct me if I'm wrong. But if you're just, I mean, you're, 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 going to, you're, you're on a road trip, though. You know what I mean? And you're, you got your cronies with you. Why would you need a CB radio? I don't know. I think he bought it more for just to listen to other people talk because I guess and to play pranks, obviously, which we'll get into here in a second. So they have it installed. They get out on the road again, headed towards Colorado to pick up uh, Vena. Her name is Vena Lili Sobieski. I don't know what that is supposed to be. Venifer, perhaps? I don't, I don't know. Uh, so away they go. They're out on the road, and they start listening in and talking to people on the CB radio. Um, they do this fun little uh, high drama routine where uh, Fuller is pretending to be a guy named Black Sheep, and he's like, hey, I'm Black Sheep. Uh, give me, come, on, come on back now. You Give me a bear report or whatever. And then... Lewis gets on and he starts being uh, using like a female voice. And he's like, hi, black sheep. This is Candy Cane. Ooh. <laughs> now, I don't know if truck drivers are this horny or to this level. Because like if you're, if you're listening to this, like eavesdropping, it's a conversation between a man and a woman, right? It's, a, it's like a two-way, but it's on an open channel. I get that. Uh, it takes all of about 38 seconds before other truck drivers start randomly hailing Candy Cane wanting to talk to her. Mind you, this is a fictional character made up by Lewis. Uh, here comes one. And it's we're going to recognize this voice on the radio. It's Ted Levine. We all know his voice. He's Buffalo, he was Buffalo Bill, Silence of the Lambs. He was the dad in the um, uh, Hills Have Eyes remake. Is she a great big fat person? Yeah. Hey, don't, don't. Put my family on fire and eat them, you radiated freaks. It's him. It's his voice. So he comes back, candy cane, candy cane. And then here comes Lewis, and he does a little, oh, oh, yes, what are you going to do to me? Oh, uh, what if I unbutton my blouse? Woo! And he's like, oh, I've never done this before, candy cane. I guess I <laughs> Is it weird that I'm like, kind of grossing myself out by doing Ted Levine impre- impressions. Oh, I would take off your bra. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So they kind of initiate this weird CB radio phone sex type of a situation, which has got to be weird to do on an open channel with, uh, you know, a bunch of truck drivers listening. But I don't know. If these guys are as horny as... Uh, you know, Fuller says they are, then I guess it's possible. I don't, I've never, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I've never beat off while driving a vehicle. I've beat off in vehicles, but not while in operation. So there's that. I don't know if that could even be done, especially with a 16 wheeler. Cause I imagine you need both hands for, you know, the wheel and the various contraptions and you got to blow the air horn whenever the kids wave at you. It, it's a whole thing. Uh, regardless, uh, they lose, they like, 
bunch of static and they, they kind of lose contact for a second. So, okay, yeah, great. Now we're going to cut to that night where they're checking into a hotel, Fuller and Lewis. Pouring rain, they run inside where they meet a fucking asshole that is reaming the poor night shift guy. Oh, you! And he's throwing around some ethnic slurs too. He's like, oh, if anybody comes to my door, I'm going to speak to your manager, you son of a bitch. I'm going to have a long talk with him. And Fuller's like, uh, he's the one that goes and says, he's like, uh, excuse me, I like to just go, hey, you wait your turn, you prick. I'm not done yelling at this guy yet because I'm way too important. Uh, this guy's a real jack-off. And as he's leaving, he kind of shoulder checks Fuller. He's an old guy, by the way. This uh, this pissed off customer, he's got to be in his late fifties, early sixties. He's a big dude, but he's really old. So Fuller's like, "Wow, that guy's a fucking asshole." So while he's in there, though, Rusty Nail Ted Levine gets back on the radio, still looking for Candy Cane. Candy Cane, Candy Cane. <laughs> Are you a great big fat person? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, Fuller gets back in the car. He's got, he gets him checked into the hotel and he hears, uh, Rusty Nail coming back on the radio. So he's like, I got a great idea to have Candy Cane tell Rusty Nail to come to this hotel and give him that old guy's room number. Cause he was such a fucking prick and he shoulder checked me. And after like some yelling at him and he's like, we have to do it. Come on. Uh, eventually Lewis is like, okay, uh, hi, Rusty Nail. I thought I lost you. Come over here and fuck me. I'm in room 17. Woo. Brings a, bring a bottle of pink champagne. And Rusty Nail's like, oh, here I come. <laughs> uh, so they go to bed and, uh, everything's cool for a couple hours. And then they hear the 16 wheeler pull up. And they hear a knock on the door. Now, now mind you, they're in the, the very next hotel. They're in room 18, so they get to hear all this shit. A uh, lot of uh, yelling, a lot of thumping, a lot of uh, commotion. Uh, Lewis calls the front desk, and he's like, uh, hey, dude, there's something going on in the room next to us. So the front desk calls that room and then calls them back and says, no, everything's fine. He's like, oh, okay. Boy, we sure showed that guy, didn't we? And then they see Rusty Nail drive off. So we're thinking we're all good until the next morning when they wake up and they find out that the cops are there and they're questioning people about the 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 dude that was in room number 17. Uh, turns out somebody beat the living snot out of him and ripped his jaw completely off his head and left him in the highway median, which is really rough. And that is not a cool thing to do, even if the guy was an asshole. Uh the cops question Fuller and Lewis. They're like, oh, I don't know nothing about him. But then they take him to the hospital and show him the guy. He is fucked up. And then they spill the beans about the whole CB radio rusty, rusty nail thing. And they get a pretty good ass chewing from the local sheriff, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. I think that sheriff was probably my favorite character out of this whole movie. Uh, from there, they're like, oh, you know what? We're just going to get the fuck out of here. Sheriff said we need to be out of Wyoming uh, as soon as possible, so let's just hit the dusty trail, baby. So that's what they do. Out they go. They're running, hauling ass, trying to get up out of there. Pretty soon the CB radio comes back to life. Candy cane, candy cane. And now he's asking for black sheep, are you out there? Because he remembered black sheep and candy cane talking the day before. So eventually... Uh, What's his name? Fuller gets back on the radio and he's like, hey, man, uh, this it's uh, yeah, it's black sheep. I talked to Candy Cane. She blew you off last night. She's not interested. So sorry. And he's like, boy, I need to see Candy Cane. And then eventually he talks um, 
Lewis into doing the candy cane impression again, and this time coming clean and being like, oh, hi, it's me. <laughs> I'm a dude. I am a dude. Uh, I'm just a guy, actually. I've probably got a bigger penis than you. I don't know. Uh, and then, uh, like, he kind of he kind of goes silent for a minute, then he's like, you need to apologize. But instead of apologizing, obviously, Fuller gets on the radio and starts calling him all kinds of names, and he needs psychiatric help, and go fuck yourself. And at the end of this conversation, uh, Rusty Nail is like, you know you got a broken taillight? Which freaks them right out, because they do, in fact, have a broken taillight, and they're freaking... He's got to be right behind him, right? So they're like, oh, shit! So they kind of do like a quick dodge maneuver, uh, get off the freeway to get gas. They're running low on gas, too, by the way. And once they get down onto the off-ramp, they uh, they pull into a little gas station. Um, Lewis goes in to call the cops to let them know that they've had contact with Rusty Nail again. Uh, Fuller is outside pumping. Down the off-ramp comes a truck, a big 16-wheeler carrying ice. Scary-looking guy gets out with, like, this weird baseball bat and starts beating the crap out of his tires. I don't know if that's a truck driver thing or what the point of that is, but that's what he's doing, which is, uh, of course, scaring the living crap out of Fuller. Uh, guy goes into the convenience store where Lewis is trying to get a hold of the cops. Fuller kind of waves Lewis down. He's like, no, get, 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 he's right over there. So uh, he pays for his gas, takes off. They get in the car and haul ass out of there as fast as they can. Uh, the truck driver with the weird tire thumper thing comes out and he's like chasing him for a second. Then he goes and gets in his truck and starts chasing him down the road. Somehow they missed the on-ramp to get back onto the freeway. So they just take off down this dirt road, and this the guy in the ice truck with the baseball bat is right behind him up their asses. Eventually, they come to a dead end, and the guy gets out, and they're all like, oh, we got a gun! You get the fuck out of here! He's like, you got a gun, huh? I have your ATM card, you crazy, you crazy maniacs. And they're like, oh, oh, God, you scared the shit out of us. Here's your card, by the way. We thought, what are you doing with a baseball bat? And he's like, oh, I was checking my air pressure. I don't know if that's a thing. That doesn't... It's, uh, cowboy, let me know. Do you periodically get out and just beat the crap out of your tires with a baseball bat? If so, what the hell is the po- the purpose of that? He said he was checking his air pressure. I fail to see how that is uh, something you can achieve with a baseball bat. I don't know. Maybe I'm in the I'm naive to this world of truck truck drivery or whatever. Uh, anyway, they kind of take a deep breath. They get out of the car and collect themselves. Uh, the ice truck guy has to back all the way down like up this dirt road to get back to the on-ramp uh he gets about halfway there and then he like goes to like turn his truck around so he's kind of like straddling the road for a second and then of course uh rusty nail with his truck comes barreling right through his truck and then chases him again they get in the car and haul ass uh this time he catches him pins him to a tree and like starts slowly compressing and like pushing the car up because he's still like laying on the gas a little bit. Uh, he gets on the radio. Um, what's his name? Fuller gets on the radio and he's like, okay, we apologize. We were, we're really sorry. It was a stupid thing to do. And then he like backs off a little bit and he's like, why'd you do it? It's like, we were just having some fun. That's all. We're really sorry. And he's like, I was just having some fun too. And then he like backs off and leaves them alone. And like, that's it. He just leaves them alone after that. So we cut to the next day. Uh, they are a little shaken, to say the least. 
they take the CB radio and throw it out the window, and then they go pick up Vena in her uh, at her college. Lily Sobieski, very hot, and while we don't get to see her naked, I don't know that we ever got to see her naked in any movie. Uh, she does wear some very revealing outfits, and they are. Uh, I mean, she's a she's an attractive young lady to begin with, but she's got a body on her, man. I'll tell you that. Uh, go and pick her up at college. Uh, she's like, okay, let's have a road trip adventure. And they're both like, yeah, yeah, we kind of already did that. And we don't want to do it again. Uh, her hot little friend Charlotte shows up, whom Fuller is drooling all over. She's rolling in like an Audi A6 convertible too, uh, which is, Charlotte's got money is what we're saying. She's like, oh, I have to go back to San Antonio. Uh, I'll see you after the, the fucking summer break or whatever. <clears throat> so uh, Charlotte takes off. Uh, Venna hops in the car with Fuller and Lewis, and off they go into the uh, great wide open to, I don't know where they're going or where they're coming from either. Uh, I know that they were the original plan was they were going to drop Fuller off in Denver. So I think, I don't know what part of Colorado Venna is going to um, college in, but apparently they, the next stop was going to be Denver, and that was where they were going to drop Fuller off. Uh, halfway through, Fuller decides, you know what, I'm just going to hang. I don't need to go to Denver. Why don't I uh, try to patch things up with mom and dad? I'll just hang with you. We can drop um, Venna off, and then I'll go home with you. So that's great. It's a little redemption story there. Patching things up, as it were. Um, they get to somewhere in Nebraska, I think, where they get a hotel room, two hotel rooms, one for the boys, one for Venna, and then they decide to go to the local watering hole and do some drinking, and they get hammered. And here's the fun part. Uh, they almost get into a fight because some rubes start hitting on Venna and then uh, Lewis runs up on him. He's like, oh, excuse me. And then like six of them just swarm Lewis. And then um, what's his name? Fuller runs over there and like makes a big scene and gets Venna out of there, leaving Lewis all on his own, which is kind of a shit move. Um but this is when things get a little strange because they're all pretty well hammered to include Venna and Fuller and Lewis. Um, Fuller gets Venna up to her hotel room and they have like a moment. Now, mind you, uh, I think it's been firmly established that the prerequisite hookup that was going to happen was going to happen between Lewis and Venna, which is okay. Paul Walker and Lily Sobieski enter Steve's on Fuller, who is now having like a weird... I'm drunk, you're drunk, let me help you with your room key. Oh, you dropped it. Let me almost make out with you here for a second. Now, in bro code, that would be considered a cock block of premeditated proportions. Cold-blooded, first-degree cock block. Because, clearly, this dude is supposed to be hooking up with your brother, but now everybody's drunk, and, you know, we might be doing something here. Uh... Fuller, or Lewis shows up, he's like, hey, let's go back down to our room, we gotta get moving, and he's like, yeah, okay, let's, let's great, let's do that, so, uh, they leave Venna in her room for the night, they go down to their room, um, Lewis immediately passes out on the bed, out cold, uh, Fuller is still up, and he's, like, checking out porn. For a second there, you got to see a little snippet of some Animal porn. Remember Animal? One of my favorite porn stars from the 80s. Uh, she died of cervical cancer, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, anyway, uh, he's, like, having a conversation with a passed-out Lewis about, hey, you mind if I hit on your girl? I mean, if you don't want me to, all you got to do is say so. But Lewis is out, so he's like, okay, I'm going to go up there. So Fuller goes and gets some more alcohol and takes it up to uh, Venna's room. Now, uh, 
Again, this would be considered cockblockery of the worst degree. However, something worth noting is that she let him in to her hotel room with more booze. And he laid it on a little smooth. He was like, I'm a professional bartender. I can tell you when you've had enough. And I can say for sure, you definitely need one more drink. And she's like, okay, great. So they are now drinking alone in a hotel room whilst Lewis is passed out uh, two floors down. All right. So I guess that doesn't really need... Uh, I mean, what? Something's, this whole scene is about to get interrupted, but it begs the question of what would have happened had it not gotten interrupted. Uh, are we knocking on the door of a date rape, or is she going to fuck him and run off to live happily ever after with Fuller, or... I don't know, but that is intriguing to me, and it's unfortunate that we never got to see that high drama play out. Regardless, cut downstairs to Fuller, who's out cold on his shitty uh, hotel room bed. The room phone starts ringing. Rings four or five times, Fuller's or uh, Lewis is out. Eventually, he answers it. Hey, Candy Cane. Uh-oh, Rusty Nail's back. I thought you said there was no girl. And Fuller's like, yeah, that's, oh, fucking, what is this guy? No, no, there's no girl. What's your brother doing up in the room with Venner right now? Oh, shit. Uh, so Lewis jumps up, runs upstairs, knocks down. First off, he's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Rusty Nail is back, and he's out there. He's watching us right now. So they have a full-on panic attack. Um, Venna just has to kind of play along. She, she has, they haven't brought her up to speed on any of this. She's like, go, 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 get in the car. We got to get out of here. Go, go, go. So they run down, get in the car and haul ass out of there as fast as they fucking can. As they should. Uh, Rusty Nails right on their ass in his truck. And that is pretty scary. Um, well, we, we think he is. We never, we, we only get to see... I don't even know that it is. We, we never really get to see Rusty Nail until the very end, and it is not, in fact, Ted Levine. However, the dude that perpetrates the end scene may have been not Rusty Nail. He may have done a jigsaw on us in a weird way. We'll get to that in a second, though. So out they go. They're trying to get the fuck out of there. They're hauling ass all over the place. Um, Ru- uh, Rusty Nail gets on the radio. Oh, no. Well, first they're driving out of there, and somebody has spray-painted on the road signs, look in the trunk, Lewis, which Lewis and um, Venna don't see, but Fuller does, and he's like, oh, shit, we got to pull over and look in the trunk. So they do, and Rusty Nail has put their CB radio back in the trunk. So they plug it in, they turn it on, first right, fires right up. Candy cane, candy cane. (laughs) Uh, so yeah and uh now there's like screaming in the background and he's like you're gonna do what i say or else i'm gonna hurt somebody and there's a female screaming in the background and uh somehow venna recognizes the screaming as charlotte her friend so we now have to assume that rusty nail has captured charlotte and is holding her hostage and uh, he's like, you're going to do what I say or I'm going to kill your friend. If you call the cops, I'm going to cut off her her earlobes. So they're all fired off. They have to now do whatever Rusty Nail says. First thing he says is they got to go to a truck stop first thing in the morning. Uh, so they go there and they wait. And uh, he basically makes Lewis and Fuller go inside butt naked and order uh, cheeseburgers, which is kind of funny 
But while they're in there ordering cheeseburgers, he comes on the radio again talking to Venna. Venna lays on the horn. It's very awkward. We get some gratuitous Paul Walker and Steven Zahn ass cheeks. Uh, they both work out. Uh, I'm not a connoisseur of dude ass cheeks, but they were shapely and well uh, manicured. So there's that. Um, he gets on the on the horn with uh, uh, or the radio with Venna. Uh, Venna honks the horn, which means they get to go. So they run back out there in the car, put their goddamn clothes back on. Thank you very much. And we get like this little, now you know what it's like to be the butt of a joke. (laughs) So now he wants them to go to this old cornfield in the middle of the night. So that's what they do. They go out to this cornfield, very scary stuff. He's like, get out of the car and walk about a hundred meters. I got a surprise for you. So they get out of the car, they start walking down this road into this cornfield. Scary as shit, man. Something about cornfields. Uh, I don't know, dude. I'm not interested. Scarecrows are in there. Those are scary as shit. All kinds of animals. Children of the corn, for Christ's sakes. You can't see two feet in front of you. Oh, fuck off. Anyway, corn mazes, a lot of fun. Cornfields without the maze, no fun at all. Um, they go run, they go walking out in front of the car and then kaboom, here comes uh, the 16-wheeler flying right at him. They're like, oh God, he's going to run us over. So they run into the corn and they get all fucked up. They like try to you know split up, or I don't know if they meant to or not, but he can't follow all of them. Somehow in the commotion, he manages to capture, uh, what's her name, uh, Venna and take her hostage. Backs out of there and pours a bunch of gasoline, lights their car on fire. But before the car explodes, they hear on the radio, Are you going to come to the hotel and save your girl? If you're a minute late, I'm going to kill her. (laughs) Bring a bottle of pink champagne. So, (laughs) the next town with a hotel they're supposed to be at is seven miles away. Uh, These guys cannot handle a seven-mile run. And uh, they had, I think they had about an hour. I could do seven miles, well, I'm not going to get into my athletic prowess, but it's very doable if you're in shape, which, judging by the the naked scene we saw a minute ago, they were, so I don't know, they probably should have had the town like 13 miles away, because that's a little bit harder. Anyway, uh, they get to the town. He didn't tell them which fucking hotel it was, only that it was room 17. So before they get to the hotel, they have to steal a truck out of the bar because they're rapidly running out of time and then drive it around to all the hotels banging on room 17s everywhere. A bunch of angry people. Um, What did we have? We had like three old guys, uh, one prostitute, some servicemen, and eventually they get to a room 17 and they bang on the door and there's nothing there. While all that's going on, we get a very Saw-like montage of him uh, bringing in uh, Venna, duct taping her to a chair and gagging her and rigging up this uh, contraption to where if, if and when they open the door, it's going to pull the trigger on a shotgun that's leveled at her head. Very cool, very uh, imaginative. Um, but they're running around trying to find the room 17 that they're looking for. Uh, eventually they come to this one and they look inside, they open the door. There's nothing there. They're like, Oh shit. This room is completely empty. So they're like creeping around. Oh, what's the fuck what's going on in here? I don't know. Turns out he's not in room 17. He's in room 18. So he calls room 17. Rusty nail does. And he's like, remember that first night 
you said Candy Cane liked to pretend that the people were right next to her when she's talking to him. Yeah, what if I was right next to you right now? So basically, he's in room 18, and they're in room 17, just the same way it went down at the beginning with the old guy. And uh, so, well, they figure it out because they can hear him talking through the wall. So Fuller goes running around to the backside of the building and starts looking in the windows. He can see um, Venna there, like, tied up with the shotgun level at her head. And he kind of gets the idea that if somebody opens that door, it's going to blow her head off. So he's all freaked out. As he's like peeping through the window, uh, Rusty Nail grabs him and pulls him through the window and they get a big tussle. Now, while that's happening, uh, Lewis is outside of the front door and he's like looking in, trying to see what's going on. Fuller's trying to scream for him not to open the door. So they're going back and forth. And then Rusty Nail grabs Fuller and he's like, this is going to be hilarious. Now, okay. I don't know if we're saying, I've never seen any of the sequels of this either, but I don't know if it expands on this story. I don't know if we're saying that um, this individual is actually not Rusty Nail, because it's going to get kind of confusing here in a minute, but it's clearly not Ted Levine, and uh, when he talks, you know it's not the same guy that was on the radio, or if it's supposed to be, they did a shit job of, uh, of voice acting. Um, anyway, so he pulls him through, eventually, um, uh, what's a fucking... Uh, uh, Lewis is like, he's kind of like thinking about opening the door, but Fuller gets gets through. He like punches, big struggle outside. Uh, Rusty Nail, or the guy pretending to be Rusty Nail, goes outside, uh, stabs Fuller in the leg, and kind of impales him on the fence. So, Paul, or not Paul, um, Lewis at that point looks through the window because he heard Fuller screaming. He goes running around the back and finds Fuller. Now, from there, he goes into the room. Now, the cops are here, and they're going room to room looking for Rusty Nail, trying to save uh, Venna. And there's like a whole squad of them, too. Uh, Fuller has been impaled by his leg on the fence, which looks really painful. And Rusty Nail is back in his 16-wheeler, like two football fields away, getting ready to plow through the fence and level Fuller and probably Lewis at the same time. Um, Inside, we have... uh, uh, Lewis manages to get, like, knock over the chair that uh, Venna is in just as the cops kick the door in. The shotgun still goes off, but luckily it doesn't hit her because he had already knocked her over. Um, cops flood the room, and he's like, come on, he's in the back. My brother's in the back. So the cops and Lewis go running out there where Fuller has been removed from his impalement leg thing, but Rusty Nail is about to plow right through all of them. So, uh, the cops open fire on the truck as it's speeding towards Fuller. Uh, They get him out of the way, and themselves out of the way, and the truck just smashes into the motel. And when they open the door, they find Charlotte gagged and bound in the cab, and they find that the driver is dead. Um, From there, they check his ID, and it turns out he was an ice truck driver from Laramie, Wyoming. Now, that would coincide with the guy that gave him uh, their ATM card back, right? So it's quite possible, although the dude that was uh, roughhousing Fuller was not the dude with the baseball bat. Two completely different dudes. Um, So I don't know if, I don't know. I don't know who that, random fat guy perhaps, or a different truck driver that owed uh, Rusty Nail a favor or something like that. I don't know. I don't know how it went down. I don't know if that's supposed to be the Rusty, well obviously not, or the guy that beat up Fuller was supposed to be the real Rusty Nail. I don't know. 
I couldn't tell you. Uh, what as the cops are clearing the scene out, uh, the ambulance is there. They're going. They're pe- putting Fuller back together with his leg, and uh, Lewis and Venna are sitting on the ambulance. And suddenly, the CB radio uh, kicks on, and it's like, "Hey, this is Rusty Nail. I'm headed down I-80 westbound." And they're like, "Oh no!" And then that's the end of your movie. Uh, not a bad show. Um, not a bad show at all. I like a psycho, uh, truck drivers, right? They could be just as psycho as the rest of us. And they could probably be a li- even a little more psycho because they're not apt to get caught because they're always in a different city, different state somewhere out there on the freeways. They're over here. They're over there. You never know, man. So, um, yeah, creepy shit. I think there's like three or four sequels to this. I haven't seen any of them. I haven't heard anything good about any of them either. Definitely worth checking out if you haven't seen it, inmates. It's a Joyride from 2001. I'm going to take myself a little break. I'll come back with some other stuff in a minute, though. Hello, you fool. I love you. I'm gonna move 
Hey, inmates. If you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah, I am back. Mm. You know, in hindsight, the more I think about it, the more I start to understand the rationale of the horned up truck driver. You're by yourself. Uh, you got nothing going on except for the road and whatever, I don't know, book on books on audible, audible books on tape, whatever you got. I don't know. Uh, the radio, the, the music that you're listening to. And, uh, what else are you going to think about other than boobies? Really? You what, look at a pretty landscape. Okay. <laughs> How long is that going to last? You know, you're on the road 16 19 hours at a time. I, I don't know. I don't know anything about truck drivers, but I imagine there's a reason that the uh, truck stop prostitute is still a thing and it's still in business and thriving from what I understand. I have no idea. Kind of makes sense to me now. Uh, if you'd like to get a hold of me, inmates, uh, thepaddedroom2011 at hotmail.com is the email address, or you can contact me on the mental health hotline at area code 775 uh, Other than that, I got uh, I got to tell you what movies I got to watch this week. It was a, It was a pretty busy week for me, you know, getting ready for Thanksgiving and all that and finding out I had probably have fucking covid (laughs) let's uh do a little what are you looking at what are you looking at just uh two movies this week guys uh the unkindness of ravens I was intrigued by the title. Doesn't really make a lot of sense, though. Uh, basically, this movie is about PTSD uh, and a war veteran that comes home to Ireland and secludes himself in this weird... Actually, it's a pretty nice house, but it was like out in the middle of the Irish countryside where he's all by himself all the fucking time. Um, some of this... Ah, this, is, this, is a, this is a weird one, man. Uh, he's struggling with PTSD and his own mental illness, and... Like, he somehow decides to blame it on a local murder of ravens, murder of crows. Like, there, and then he goes into this weird, like, uh, hellscape where all of his old army pals that got killed in action are coming back to haunt him, and they take him to the hellscape, and he's trying to bring them out. It's a very strange movie, and it's very difficult to follow. He has a lot of uh, conversations with himself, like... His doppelganger shows up and is like, hey, you're being a pussy. And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm struggling. It's a very weird movie, and it's very hard to follow. I get what they're going for. They're showing the, the terrors of war and how war affects you know young men, and they don't come home the same. I understand that. Um, I don't know, man. It's just, it's, uh, there was some cool visuals. Some cool when when he goes into the hellscape and he sees all of his old buddies that that part was pretty gnarly, like the the Raven warriors. Like at some point the Ravens turn into people and they've got like medieval weapons and chainmail and stuff like that. Very strange. Worth a watch if you can try to you know buckle down and really pay attention. Maybe you'll get something out of it that I didn't. I watched that one and I watched Ghosts of War from 2020. This one just hit Netflix. Not a bad show. 
that is not a bad show. There is a twist at the end that I did not care for at all. Um, if you, <laughs> if uh, it's it was, I really dug it up until that ending. When 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 you get the ending, you're like, oh no, oh no, don't do that, don't no. Up until then, it's uh, basically the, it's back in World War II, and this uh, American military unit is sent to relieve a previous unit that's guarding this um, uh, German chalet, I guess. It's like this big castle, and some paranormal shit goes down at the castle, really freaks them out. So the, the paranormal shit, and then, of course, they get attacked by Nazis and other stuff. It's a really good movie up until the reveal. When you hit the reveal, you're like, oh, don't do that. Uh, anyway, that's what I'm looking at this week. That's all I got in. I'm sorry. It's been a hell of a week, guys. Uh, how about a little immersion therapy for us then, shall we? Did anybody out there get to watch his house? Immersion therapy. His House from 2020. Presently streaming on Netflix. Not a bad show. Um, There is like a trend. And I don't know that I like it. And it's um, using ghosts as an allegory for either grief or guilt or... Uh, something else. And that's clearly what was going on here. And once you figured that out, I mean, they laid it on pretty thick right up front with the, the, the quote, air quotes, daughter and her uh, not making the uh, refugee's journey. Okay. okay. Well, I mean, you already put it out there that they're going to be grieving the loss of their daughter. So really, I don't think, uh, <laughs> I mean, I can already tell you what's going to, how this is going to end. Um, I mean, I blame the Babadook, I think, because that was probably the first movie that made it as obvious as it did what was happening. Um, Ever since then, like, these days, all the ghost movies are allegories for either grief or guilt, and it's boring. Can we just have a ghost for ghost's sake? You know what I mean? Tell me me about the violent death of the previous tenant of the house. Uh, Tell me uh, about the, the witchcraft that was practiced there. When we start digging into family drama and stuff that happened in the family's past and things that they've suffered, okay, now I know what you're doing. Now I know what you're doing. You're not telling me a ghost story. You're telling me about PTSD. You're telling me about, um, you know, things that you're guilty about, feel guilty about, the people that you've lost. Okay, that's, that's the real ghost. And it's not nearly as frightening as the entity that is looking to... Uh, I don't know, rape you or uh, force you out of the, out of your home or something like that. So that's all I'm saying, man. It's it's not a bad show, but it's pretty obvious what they what they did there. And I mean, it's it, it's it's all right. It's it is what it is, I guess. Your immersion therapy for this week is going to be porno, <laughs> directed by Keola Reseda, uh, stars Robbie Tan and Caitlin Pierce. This one is streaming presently on Shudder, boys and girls. Just hit uh, earlier this week. It's not a bad show. I've seen it before. I think you're going to like it. Check it out. Let me know what you think. The Padded Room 2011 at Hotmail.com or the Mental Health Hotline at area code 775-387-0275. Uh, other than that, 
I think that's about all I got on the week. I know it's a short one. It's a short one, guys. I'm sorry. Um, we could still educate Miss Monica, except she's not here, so you can go ahead and educate me if you want. Educating Miss Monica. Uh, who might I be this week, you're wondering? And that's a very good question. So, me and uh, a few people have been hired by a very eccentric millionaire to prove to him beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is life after death. And to do that, he is sending us to what is believed to be the most haunted location in the known world. Other teams have gone in there. Most of them either go crazy or uh, kill each other or something like that, and it always ends bad. But now it's our turn, and the reason we're going to succeed is because I built a device that can dispel paranormal uh, energy. So there's that. We're going to prove that it's there. Then I'm going to flip my switch on my gizmo here and knock it all the fuck out, and then we're all going to be rich because this old guy is going to pay us quite a bit of money to do so. So think about that, inmates. I'll fill you in on who I am next week. It'll probably just be me again. I'm sorry. I really hope I don't have COVID. Um, even if, I don't know, man. Even if I don't, even if, even if my test comes back positive, I think I'm going to have Monica and Buddy uh, fuck off for another week just because I don't want them to even worry about it you know what i mean thank you very much for joining me join me next week for maximum overdrive here in cowboy month um we do have a patreon campaign running you can find the link to that at paddedroompodcast.com along with us all of our affiliate programs anything you need to know about any of the stuff we have going on paddedroompodcast.com maximum overdrive next week thank you very much for joining me for buddy Miss Monica, COVID-19, crazy truck drivers, truck stop prostitutes, missing Lily Sobieski and her uh, tight little halter tops, missing Paul Walker, uh, who I like to think would have gone on to a much more serious acting career than just being uh, good at driving cars. Well, looking like he's good at driving cars. (laughs) That was in poor taste, now that I consider his uh, uh, cause of death. And the Padded Room Podcast, I'm afraid visiting hours are over. Today was a drug for the first time.